Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. That no matter what this life may hand to us, Lord, that we have a day coming when we will come into your kingdom and spend all of eternity in your presence and the joy and the comfort of your rest. But we look forward to that day today and we thank you for that hope, that assurance that we have in Jesus Christ. Now Lord, I pray as we come to consider the wonderful benefits of faith. Lord, show us all the more the the joy that we have in you and the joy that we can experience even in this life by your grace through faith in Jesus. So teach us, Lord, this morning, I pray. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, we'll be looking at verses 23 through 29 this morning as we continue our study in Galatians. It is a joy to be back with you this morning. I've been gone for a couple of weeks, so uh, look out. I'm ready to preach. Uh, uh, I am thankful for Jason and having him here uh, to be able to stand in the pulpit while I'm gone. And I always know that uh, leaving it in, in his hands it's in good hands. So uh, thank you, brother, for taking care of things while I've been gone. As we look at Galatians chapter 3 this morning, we are continuing our study in Galatians. Uh, Today we're looking at the benefits of faith. The benefits of faith. Now, anytime that we start a new endeavor in life, Uh, We want to examine things and we want to know, one of the big questions that we want to ask of anything that we do is, what are the benefits? What are the benefits? You go to a new job, you're going to ask, what are the benefits? What's the pay like? Or or is there going to be insurances? All of these things, you're going to ask for the benefits. And Jesus tells his disciples when he was walking with them, he told his disciples and tells us, you should count the cost of discipleship. But Along with that, as, as well as counting the cost of discipleship, we should also understand the benefits of faith. And that's one thing that Paul wants to teach us this morning from this passage of Scripture that we're looking at. We're looking at the benefits of faith. There are wonderful benefits to having faith in Jesus Christ. Now, just to remind you, it's been a couple of weeks, so let me remind you where we are and what we're doing here in the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians is written, it's a letter written to these churches of Galatia. These are churches that Paul established on his first missionary journey. And no sooner than he returned home from his missionary journey, he got word that uh, false teachers have entered into these churches in Galatia, and they're teaching a false gospel. They're teaching a gospel that is faith in Jesus Christ plus works. And Paul is defending the gospel, the true gospel, that justification or salvation is by faith in Christ alone. We are justified, we are saved by faith in Christ alone. And now in this section of Galatians, and and Galatians chapter uh, 3 and 4, he is pointing out that justification certainly is by faith alone. 
And so, in this last section that we've been looking at, in chapter 3, starting in verse 15, we first noticed here the supremacy of God's unfailing promise. The supremacy of God's unfailing promise, as he is contrasting the law, which the these false teachers are preaching, right? They're preaching that justification is by faith plus the law. Now, Paul is he is setting out to contrast the law with the promise of God that comes through faith. And, and so we saw there in, in chapter 3, verses 15 through 18, the supremacy of God's unfailing promise, which is by faith. It's realized by faith. And then in chapter 3, verse 19 through 22, we saw the inferior, inferiority of the law. And we noticed there that the law is inferior because of its purpose its mediators, and its accomplishments. And now as we come to today's passage, we consider the benefits of faith, the benefits of faith in the promised seed, Jesus Christ. And so what I want you to see today, dear friend, is to, or what I want to communicate to you today is this, trust in Christ for only faith in Christ will secure the benefits of God's promise of salvation. Let me say that again. Trust in Christ. Trust in Christ, dear friend. For only faith in Christ will secure the benefits of God's promise of salvation in Jesus Christ. And so today, as we look at the benefits of faith, we're going to notice three benefits in faith. Three benefits of faith. And dear friend, to Christian, today I want you to, as you hear these benefits, I want you to grow in your confidence in your faith. I want you to grow in confidence. I want you to grow in your security in your faith in Jesus Christ. And today, perhaps you're an unbeliever here. And you're seeking and searching for the answers to life. You're looking for hope in this world of brokenness. Dear friend, if that's you here today, I want you to know, see the benefits of trusting in Jesus Christ and giving your life to Him. So today we see three benefits in, of faith. So let's look at our passage there, starting in verse 23 of chapter 3. And if you found your place there, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. hear the word of the Lord. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Amen. May God add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. 
and may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. Three benefits of faith in Christ Jesus. That's what we see here in this passage in our text today. And the first benefit that we see of faith is by faith you are a child of God. By faith, you are a child of God. Now, Paul notices here, he, he brings out that there was a time which, in which we were under the law. There was a time in which we were under the law. And what was the purpose of being under the law? Being under the law, we were educated. You were educated on what it means to be a child of God. You were educated on what it is to please God. You were educated on what it means to obey God. Notice what he says here in the first couple of, of, of verses there. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. Now notice that word there, guardian. That word is very telling. Now some of uh, your... your uh, some versions there, whatever version you may have, it may say tutor or teacher. Uh, that word there for guardian is where we get our English word pedagogue. Now, we don't use that word very much, so let me explain what a pedagogue is. Uh, a pedagogue refers to, and it has uh, allusions back to the time period of Paul. When, when they were in the world, uh, the wealthiest of the wealthy would often they would put their children under a pedagogue. That is, they would have a slave, a servant, who would come in and teach their children and be kind of a, a nanny over their children until they were old enough to kind of go life on their own. And so the pedagogue, you, you can't have in mind of like a, a little teenage girl keeping your children. No, that's not what a pedagogue was. A pedagogue was one who was a strict disciplinarian. Uh, they were there to, to be in charge of the children and to limit the liberty of those children. Now, these are children who were the children of, of the wealthiest of the wealthy. Uh, they were there and they had ownership of all that their parents, all that their father had. But they were put under this slave. This slave was in charge of them to make sure they remained obedient, to limit their liberty until the time came when they were old enough, mature enough to exercise their liberty responsibly. And that's what Paul is talking about here. This guardian under the law, we were under a guardian. We were under a pedagogue. Now, have you ever watched the Disney movie Nanny McPhee? Anybody ever seen that one? It's one of my favorite Disney movies. If you haven't seen it, you need to see that. Nanny McPhee is a wonderful little story there. And Nanny McPhee, there's a story, there's a, the Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown is a widower. And he has this, this pascal of kids who are just demons. I mean, they're, they're horrible. Right, He can't control them, and he tries to hire nanny after nanny after nanny, and these kids, they just run every one of them off, one after the other. I mean, they can't last a day until they're, they're hitting the door 
because these children are so bad. And so Mr. Brown doesn't know what to do. And then one night, there comes a knock on the door. And he opens the door, and there is Nanny McPhee. Nanny McPhee is there to save the day. And Nanny McPhee has this saying that she says when she comes in. She tells the children, when you need me but do not want me, then I must stay. When you want me but no longer need me, then I have to go. And so Nanny McPhee's purpose was to come to bring order to the lives of these children, to bring them under discipline, to teach them discipline, to teach them obedience. And she was there to be a harsh disciplinarian. She made the children mind. And when she first came, they hated her. They despised her because she made them mind like no other, uh, none of the other nannies could. And she made them mine. But as the children began to learn, as they began to give in to her discipline, then they began to realize that her discipline was out of care for her, out of love for them. And they began to love her and care for her. And of course, when they wanted her but no longer needed her, then she had to go. Well, see, that's the way the law is for us. The law is good. The law teaches us who God is. It teaches us the very nature of God. He is a righteous and just God. It teaches us obedience to God. But as we, we're young, as we are, are adolescents, underneath the law, we hate the law because it keeps us down, right? It, it keeps us bound in. It cuts off our boundaries. And, and we want to reject the law and, and go past the law. We hate the law. But then when faith comes, when maturity in Christ comes, then we see the law for what it really is. And we begin to love the law, appreciate the law, as it teaches us who, who God is. So the law is a guardian, and it's meant to be a guardian over us, and it's to educate us. But when we come to faith in Christ, we no longer need a guardian. When we come to faith in Christ, then we come to maturity in Christ. And so when we come in Christ, when we come in Christ, then you are a child of God. No longer are you under a guardian. Then when you are in Christ, you are then a child of God. And you realize that you are a child of God. Look what he says there at the, the end of that verse. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came. Until, uh, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under that guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. What a glorious truth. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we're no longer a slave to the law. We're no longer under the guardianship of the law. Now we are children of God. We are children of God. We are His offspring. We belong to Him. What does that mean for us to be children of God? That means for us that no matter your background, dear friend, no matter your background, you have a Father in Heaven who loves you who loves you and cares for you no matter what. 
Furthermore, therefore, uh, live. Because you have a Father who loves you and cares for you, live a response, as a responsible child of God. Knowing that we are children of God, no longer under the guardianship of the law, knowing that we're children of God, knowing that we have a Father who loves us, cares for us, wants the best for us, then now we're able to live with liberty. We don't, we don't have to live under the, the, the condemnation of the law. The condemnation have, has been removed. Now we are free as children to live as responsible children of the King. Knowing that we have a loving Father who loves us and cares for us, that means that we can live with liberty. Live with liberty knowing that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not one thing. So you slip up, you mess up, you break the law. You have a loving Father who is there to forgive you of your offense. Who cares for you. Think about your own children. How often they were disobedient, yet you still love them, don't you? We have a loving Father who loves us and cares for us and He knows that we're going to make mistakes, but yet He still loves us. You can live, dear friend, with liberty knowing that you have a loving Father who cares for you and nothing you do will separate you from His love. So you can live with liberty. But that also calls us to live responsibly. Desiring to honor His name. They call us Christians. We wear the name of our Lord and Savior. We are His. We belong to Him. Therefore, when we go outside these doors, when we live our life in this world, we represent God. We represent Christ to the world. We should live, therefore, in such a way that would bring honor and glory to His name. Does that make sense? When we have a, a Father who loves us so much, doesn't that give us that, a greater desire to live in such a way that we might honor Him and glorify His name in this world? Most of us, we have a name, we carry a name, and we would hate to bring dishonor to our family name, wouldn't we? Well, greater still than your family name, you have the name of God attached to you as a child of God. How much more ought you to live in such a way to not bring dishonor to the name of God, but to glorify Him with your life? So by faith, you are, our, you are a child of God. Second, by faith, you are unified in the family of God. By faith, you are unified in the family of God. That is to say, first of all, you are united with Christ. You are united with Christ. Look at verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. As many of you were baptized, immersed in Christ. 
You have put on Christ. And Paul here is referring to the, a mystical, that mystical union that we have in Christ. When we come to Christ, when we come to faith in Christ, we are immersed in Christ. We are unified with Christ. There's a bond between us and Christ. He now lives in us and through us. What we see in baptism is a, a, an outward expression of what takes place inside, inwardly, in, in our bodies. We had uh, Delta and Emily were baptized a few weeks ago. And so we had that beautiful imagery set out here before us. As they were dipped down into, into the water, that represents represented them being buried with Christ. Their old self was crucified and buried with Christ. And coming out of the water represented their resurrection in Christ and their resurrection to a new life in Christ. They are unified with Christ. They are part of Christ and Christ is a part of them. He dwells within them and He has sent His Holy Spirit to, to live within them, to, to change them, to transform them. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. There's new life in Christ. Oh, dear friend, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, something that takes place that we don't see, we don't realize, but it takes place within us. Christ comes and He moves in. He becomes unified with us. He dwells in us. He brings power to change us and make us new creatures in Him. In Christ, we are unified with Christ. But not only are we unified with Christ, but we are also unified in Christ. There's unity in Christ. That is to say that we as believers are now unified. Not only are we unified with Christ, but we are, as a people, are unified together with Christ. Notice what he says there in verse 28, Therefore, or there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You see, Christ Jesus, He came to, and He died not only to, to reconcile us with God, but He came to reconcile us with one another and to bring us together as a family, one family in Christ. One family of God in Christ. And notice what Paul points out here. There are no the, the barriers that we would put upon ourselves in, uh, in the worldly society and secular society. They are removed in Christ. There is no longer ethnical barriers. There's no Jew nor Greek. There's no black. There's no white. There's no Chinese. There's, there's none of these. Ethnicity is removed completely. Dear friends, we are brothers and sisters with Christians around the globe. We have brothers and sisters in Christ who can't speak English. They speak Mandarin. They speak Japanese. They speak uh, all of these other languages. There's no more distinction. No racial, no ethnic distinction. We are one in Christ. There's no economic barriers. There's neither slave nor free. No matter what socioeconomic class you belong to, in Christ we are one. 
We are a family in Christ. That, uh, that economic, uh, economic barrier has been removed. There's no longer sexual barriers. There's neither male nor female, but we are one in Christ. Boy, people often say that, that Paul was a, a bigot, that he hated women. No, Paul loved women. And Christianity is a, it's a religion for women that frees women from bigotry. That frees women from sexism. It brings women into the family of God as equal heirs in Christ. All of those barriers have been removed and in Christ we are united together as one family. You know, in the Marine Corps, as Marines, we shared a common bond together. There was no white or black. There was no, uh, there was no rich or poor. There, there was no men or women. There was just Marines. We were united with a common bond together. We had been through, shared uh, some similar experiences together, and there was a bond there that we had. We, I still have that bond with Marines around the world. How much more? How much more do we in Christ have that bond? A special bond by God's grace through faith in Jesus. We have one Lord, one Christ, one Spirit that dwells within us. We are united in Christ. Therefore, there should never be any partiality within the church. There never should be any partiality in the church. It doesn't matter how much you make or how little you make. When you come into the church and the family of God, you are one. We are one. That division is, is erased. No one has a greater privilege than someone else because of, of their wealth or their race or, or anything else. There is no partiality, should never be partiality in the family of God. Second, no matter your family situation, dear friend, no matter what, you, what kind of family you come from, maybe you come from a dysfunctional family. All of us have some dysfunction in our families. But maybe you come from a particularly dysfunctional family. But guess what? In Christ, you have a family. A family who loves you and cares for you. Now does that mean there's not a little dysfunction in this family? Yes, in this world of brokenness, yes there is. Just like you fight with your brothers and sisters at home, sometimes in the church, there's fights, right? We get in fights with one another. We get in disagreements. But here's the, the beauty about the family of God. Even in this life of imperfections, we're called to love one another and forgive one another. To reconcile one to another when we do have arguments and, and fusses and fights. In Christ, there's forgiveness. In Christ, there's love. So dear friend, no matter what family you may come from, in Christ, you have a family who loves you and cares for you. So three benefits 
of faith. First, by faith in Christ, you are a child of God. Second, by faith in Christ, you are unified in the family of God. And third, by faith, you are a joint heir with Christ. By faith, you are a joint heir with Christ. Notice here what Paul says. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Now, up earlier in this section here, in verse 16, Paul brings this to our attention. Now, the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, plural, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. And so Christ is the heir, the heir of the promise. All the promises that God gave to Abraham, they are fulfilled and they are passed to Christ. He is the offspring who, who is the heir of all the promises that God made to Abraham. Now what did God promise to Abraham? There's, there's five things that I'll just point out to you briefly that He promised Abraham. Number one, He promised Abraham a place. He promised him a place, a land to live in, a land to belong to. He promised him a people. Look at the stars, Abraham, and count them if you can. So shall your offspring be. He, called, he, he promised him prosperity. I will bless you, and in you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. He promised him peace or protection. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. And he promised him his presence. I will be your God. These five promises are, are, are the, the major promises that God gave to Abraham and to his offspring. And his offspring, that is Christ, the heir of the promise. Christ is the heir of the promise. And Christ is the one who gains all of the benefits of God's covenant with Abraham. But here's the beauty that Paul points out to us. By faith, you are a joint heir of the promise in Christ. By faith, all the promises that God gave to Abraham, all the promises that are, are given over to Christ as the heir of the promise are then passed on to you by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. You are now a joint heir with Christ. You receive all the riches of God's kingdom through Christ. Romans chapter 8, verses 19 through 17 says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. Let me ask you, how many of you know the name Meghan Markle? Anybody know that name? A few people know it now, but probably a couple of years ago, you probably didn't know that name. Meghan Markle is an American-born actress who, who's had a little success in some TV series, uh, but really is, was fairly well unknown up until here just recently. You see, Meghan Markle, though she was an American-born actress with no royal lineage whatsoever, yet then she met Harry. And when Meghan met Harry, 
and they were married, then all of the all that belonged to Prince Harry became Megan's. And when Prince Harry married Megan, she she no longer is called Megan Markle, but now she is Megan, Duchess of Sussex. Now she has a royal heritage because of her union with Prince Harry. Dear friends, because of your union with Christ, you have a royal heritage. You were nothing. You were less than nothing. You were an enemy of God. Yet by God's grace, through faith, you are a child of God. An heir of His kingdom. Joint heir with Jesus Christ. So whatever your background may be, no matter what you have in this life, know this, dear friend, because of your faith in Jesus Christ, you are a joint heir with Christ. All the riches of His kingdom, they belong to you and to me and to all of those who are in Christ. You may have nothing in this world But in Christ and in eternity, you have everything. Everything that is valuable. Dear friend, by faith, you are a joint heir with Christ. That means for us today, dear friend, you may feel worthless. Maybe you're going through a time in your life even now that you're feeling lower than dirt. Have you ever been there? I've been there. And maybe today you're feeling lower than dirt. Maybe you're feeling worthless in Christ. By faith in Christ, you should never feel worthless. You're a child of the Creator. You are valuable to Him. It also means that no matter what your life situation and circumstance may bear at the moment, you are a child of God with all the rights and privileges of being God's child. Whenever you're going through those hard times, whenever you're going through those difficult times of life, and they do come, they come to each and every one of us, hold tight to that truth that by God's grace through faith in Jesus you are a child of the King. And one day you will realize the full inheritance that is coming to you through Christ. Consider the benefits of faith this morning. By faith in Christ You are a child of God, unified in the family of God, and a joint heir with Christ in the kingdom of God. What greater benefit could you ever ask for? You have all the the treasures of the universe 
are yours in Christ Jesus. Dear Christian, find comfort in this truth today. Find comfort knowing that you are indeed a child of God and a member of His family and an heir to His kingdom. No matter your current situation, no matter your current circumstances, no matter what, you are a child of God. And His kingdom is your kingdom. And it awaits you. Dear non-believer, maybe you're here today and you're searching. You came here looking for hope. Maybe your family is broken. Maybe you have no father or mother at home. Maybe you're in conflict with your siblings. Maybe you're looking for family. By God's grace, through faith in Jesus, you can have that if you just trust in Jesus. Christ died on the cross to cover your sins, to provide you forgiveness, to reconcile us, to reconcile you with God. Though you are an enemy of God, Christ died to reconcile you to God. And He was raised again, assuring you of eternal life and God's eternal kingdom. The only thing to do is to trust in Jesus. To believe in Him. To have faith in Him. That's it. There's nothing for you to do. Nothing for you to say. Nothing for you to change in your life. You just trust in Jesus. And when you trust in Jesus, He does all the work. He provides the, the, all the good deeds that you need. He provides everything. He changes your life. To change you from an enemy of God to a child of God. But will you believe? Will you trust in Him today? Heavenly Father, we thank You for the benefits that You assure us in Christ Jesus. And we thank You, Lord, for the faith that You, you bring to us. Lord, I know that there's some today who are your children, but Lord, they don't feel like children. They, they feel low. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe things aren't going so well. And they're wondering when life is going to be better. Lord, bring them the assurance of knowing that they are a child of God today. Lift their spirits. Let them see the hope that is in Christ. And Lord, there's others today who are seeking and searching for answers. Lord, let them find them all in Christ. Give them faith today, Lord, I pray. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.